So, Father, we thank you for this time of prayer. We thank you for the visitation of your spirit. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that every need is met. We thank you, Lord God, that the desires of our hearts are fulfilled according to your word in Matthew 11, Mark 11 and 24, which says that whatsoever things we desire when we pray, believe that we receive them and we shall have them. Father, that's what you said. We didn't make that up. You, that's a promise from you. And Father, the needs that are on this line, only you know all about them. Um, there are some needs that were not, they weren't even spoken. There, there are some people on the line that are just, they've gotten tired of acting. But Father, I just thank you that you stir up something within them, that you give, that you give them the hope that is needed. Father, that they're able to dig a little deeper so that they don't become hopeless and that they are filled right now, even as I speak, with hope to continue to act, to continue to keep going, as we often say on this call. No different from the woman that went to the unjust judge uh, with her case. She pleaded her case. She pleaded her case before him so much that he she got on his nerve and he finally said, because this woman keeps coming to me, lest she drive me crazy, I'm just going to give her what she wants. That's not how you look at us. But I thank you that we take on her tenacity, the tenacity that she had 
to keep going, to keep asking, and to never give up, Father. Lastly, we pray for we pray for our leaders, the leaders of this country. Uh, many of us don't understand. It's not our responsibility to, but God, you said, your word says, I urge then, first of all, that petition, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives and all godliness and holiness. So we lift up our leaders. We don't have kings. But we have a president, we have a, uh, we have a senate, we have mayors and governors. We lift those individuals up to you so that they can make good, godly decisions for the whole of the nation, not for themselves. And we lift and we intercede on their behalf, Father. And so it's in the matchless name of Jesus that we give thanks. We lift up the apostle this morning that's about to give a word that comes straight from heaven. God, I thank you that you anoint him as never before, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, to deliver the word that you've given him. In Jesus' name, thank God, amen, as I pass the call to Apostle. Blessings, guys. How are you this morning? I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so glad that this is truly the day that God has made, and I am rejoicing, and I'm so glad in it. Um, I hope that everybody is being excited Standard, even during this month of May. And I want to thank Dion even for the opportunity to share with you guys on today. If you can, and those of you who cannot totally understand, just go ahead and grab your Bibles and we're going to look at 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. And I'm going to start, I was going to start somewhere else, but the Lord told me to start at verse number 13. Um, verse number 13. And I'm going to read it from the God's Word translation. It says, and when Elijah heard the voice, he wrapped his face in his coat, went out, and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, Lord of armies, I have eagerly served you. The Israelites have abandoned your promises, tore down your altars, and executed your prophets. I'm the only one left, and they're trying to take my life. The Lord said to him, go back to the wilderness near Damascus, the same way you came. When you get there, anoint Hazel as king of Aram. Anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, the son of Saphat, as a prophet to take your place. If anyone escapes from Hazel's sword, Jehu will kill him. And if anyone escapes from Jehu's sword, Elisha will kill him. But I still have 7,000 people in Israel whose knees have not knelt in worship to Baal and those whose mouths have not kissed him. Elijah found the, Elisha, the son of Saphat. Elisha was plowing behind 12 pairs of oxen. He was using the 12th pair. Elijah took off his mantle and put it on Elisha. Elisha found the oxen ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye. Then I will follow you. Go back, Elijah answered. I'm not stopping you. Elisha found him, took two pairs of oxen and butchered them. He boiled the meat using the oxen's yoke for firewood. He gave the meat to the people to eat and he left and ran after Elijah to assist him. I just want to talk for a moment today the art of kissing, killing, 
and running. The art of kissing, killing, and running. If I'm going to expand, I have to kiss, kill, and run. Here, uh, just to give you a little history about what's going on here in this text, we see that Elijah had confronted the prophets of Baal on the top of Mount Carmel. And after he did that, then he went and he killed those same prophets that were worshiping Baal on the top of Mount Carmel. And when Jezebel heard about it, Jezebel asked for his life. And so Jezebel began to send threats to Elijah and tell him, hey, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. And so he began to run from Jezebel and he began to flee and he found himself in the cave. And so as he's in the cave, God sends him out and God begins to speak. And he was expecting God to come in a wind. He was expecting God to come in an earthquake. But it was a still small voice that God began to speak in. And God reassured him, number one, that he wasn't the only one. And then God gave him instructions on how to proceed. So God told him to go anoint some people that will assist him in making sure that his enemies left. And so if we're going to expand, the very first thing that we have to do, when I looked at this text, it, a few things irritated me just a little bit. The first thing that irritated me was the fact that Elijah had just killed the prophets of Baal. He had just killed the prophets of Baal. And if you read a little bit further up in a couple of chapters before, um, you will see that God told him to go and present himself to the king and tell the king that there would not be any rain. And there will not be any due. But then when you get to chapter 18, we see that God tells him, hey, I'm about to send rain. And so he gets to the top of Mount Carmel and he begins to say, all right, we're going to prove who God is God. And he creates two altars and he drenches the altars with water. And he said, let the God that is God answer by fire. The issue that I had with that is this. If there had been no rain, then where did he get the water from? And so that led me to believe that he stored up what he needed for the confrontation. The very first point that I want to make to you today is this. In order for you to operate in the magnitude of what God is calling you to do to expand who you are in him and to confront the things that are coming up against his name, to come up against the things that are coming up against God's reputation, to come against the things that are defiling who the name of the Lord is, the very first thing you have to do is store up what you need for that confrontation. And I know that some of us, when we saw that the corona pandemic was happening and we saw COVID-19 coming, the very first thing that people began to do was to store up. They began to gather their food. They began to gather the toiletries. And so it's the same thing in the spirit. What are you gathering in order to are you gathering those prophetic words that was released over your life? Are you gathering those promises that God made to you in order to confront what the enemy is trying to stop you from expanding? And so some of us, the enemy has told us, no, no those things are not going to come to pass. Those things are not going to happen. And, and God has forgotten about you. But what did you store up to confront the enemy? What did you store up? What, what was the word that you used to fight? And it reminded me of when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and he began to pray and the enemy came to him and said, if you be the son of man, turn these stones into bread. And he said, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And so what happens is we have to position ourselves to fight back the enemy with the words that God has already spoken to us. And so if I'm going to expect 
expand, I have to have something in me to expand with. I have to have something in me that helps me to stand, that helps me to expand, that helps me to fight. And so it says that after he did all of this, he just got one word from Jezebel because he killed all of her prophets that were on top of Mount Carmel. It says that he got one word from her and she said, hey, by this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. And he began to run. How is it? That the very one that just operated in the power of God and caught fire down from heaven, how is it now he's running from a word threat? So the second thing that I have to do in order to expand is this. I have to not be intimidated by the silent cries of my enemy. I can't be intimidated by a word threat. I can't be intimidated by what I hear. I can't be intimidated by what I feel. I can't be intimidated by what it looks like right now. I cannot be intimidated. Can I let you know a secret? The only thing that God and Satan have in common concerning you is they both want you dead. The enemy wants you dead so you won't expand. He wants you dead so you won't advance. He, want you, he wants you dead so you won't operate in purpose and power. And God wants you dead because dead people can't feel. And if he gets you out of your emotion, then he can get you to where you're supposed to be. He can expand you. Once you begin to come out of your thinking, once you begin to come out of your own emotions, once you begin to move out of your own way, that's when God can expand you. And so when he got to the place, of, of being in the cave and God began to speak to him, the very first thing that the voice said to him was, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? I just used you on top of Mount Carmel to expand you. And then you ran away from a threat. What are you doing here? There are some of you that are under the sound of my voice. You have prophetic abilities. There's some of you under the sound of my voice, your intercessors, your prayer warriors. There are some of you under the sound of my voice, your business owners. And, and just because it looks like everything is hindering your growth, hindering your expansion, you're shutting down. And God is saying, what are you doing here? How did you get here? You've seen what I've done before. You've seen what I used your prayers to do. You've seen your prophetic words that you released come to pass. You've seen the things that I've called your hands to do work. And so why is it that you're threatened by what you see? What are you doing here? And so that's the question. If I can ask, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? When was the last time you fully operated in the power of God? I'm a real um, movie and series buff, and so I was watching Charmed on yesterday. And, and so as, as I was watching the series, there came a point where she got so angry, usually fire would come out of her hands. And this time nothing happened. And she said, well, why isn't my power working? Why isn't my power working? And, and, and the lady responded, she said, well, maybe you depleted it all. And when she said you depleted it all, she said, so now you got to dig deeper in order to get a bigger flame. And I want to prophesy that part to you, that sometimes where you are when God is trying to expand you and you don't see anything happening, you don't see it working for you, maybe you got to dig deeper because God is trying to expand your gift. He's trying to blow on that thing. And so let's move forward. It says, and the Lord answered 
I mean, and Elijah answered, he said, God of armies, I have eagerly served you. The Israelites have abandoned your promises, torn down your altars and executed your prophets. I'm the only one left and they're trying to take my life. And the Lord said to him, go back to the wilderness near Damascus the same way you came. I want to stop right there real quick. In order to expand, sometimes I have to go back the way I came. I have to realize where I stopped growing. I have to realize where I stopped moving forward. I have to realize where was it that I lost my zeal or I lost my fervor or I lost my excitement about doing the things of God. Where is it that I lost that and I got to go back the way I came. And when I go back the way I came, I have to pick up what I need. And so he said, anoint Jehu. He's going to be king over Israel. Anoint Elisha to take your place as a prophet. And if anyone escapes Hazel's sword, then Jehu will kill him. If anyone escapes Jehu's sword, Elisha will kill him. Listen, I have to let you know this. There are some people that you are going to pour yourself into in this season. There are some people that are going to pour into you in this season. And I want to prophesy this to you. Whatever it was that your family was not able to kill, you're going to kill it. And whatever you're not able to kill, the ones that you pour yourself into and you mentor, they're going to kill it. God has anointed you with an anointing of expansion in this season that not only is he expanding you but God is saying what I pour into you I'm going to allow you to pour into others and when you begin to pour into them whatever it is that you don't complete they're going to finish it for you they're going to make this thing work for you and, and so I need to let you know that with this anointing of expansion that comes on our life there comes an anointing to finish there's a finisher's anointing I'm so glad that God did not allow Elijah to stay in the cave he said no there's still work for you to do and in order for you to expand to finish this, I have to expand you. Not only do I have to expand you, but now I have to expand the team that you're working with. I have to expand the team that you're working with. And so I know last time I talked about the followers, I talked about the carriers, and I talked about the dressers. Those are all people that are part of your team. But can I prophesy this to you? They will never be able to grow as a team if you don't expand. You cannot be afraid to expand. You cannot get stuck in one place. You cannot get stuck just being in, 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 in confined areas. And so God is trying to expand you. But sometimes what happens when, when God tries to expand us, we don't know that he's already given us everything that we need in order to get access to it. And so what the enemy does is the enemy will keep us occupied in that confined space in order to hinder us from moving out, in order to hinder us from possessing what it is we're supposed to possess. Let me give you an example. Um, I heard this story, and I'm, I'm probably not getting it right, but you'll get the gist of it. And, and so here's what happened. There were two kings, and then one of the kings told his brother, hey, listen, you, you destroyed some things in the kingdom. And so because of that, because of all of the things that you've done bad, I have to lock you up. But you're free to go anytime. But I have to not show favoritism to you. I have to not just give you leeway because you're my brother, but I have to lock you up. And then after this, you can go back to your kingdom whenever you want. He said, but you'll be well taken care of. And so the, the teams were, he took his brother and he put him in this tower. Now the tower had no door. 
but he could eat whatever he wanted. So they, the servants began to bring him food. And so he was ordering all of this food, not realizing that all he had to do was walk out of the door. But he stayed there in that one place and he got so fat that when the time came for him to leave, he could not leave because he was so big and he stayed in that place and died. What are you eating on that's keeping you confound and stopping you from expanding? Who are you allowing to feed you the wrong things to stop you to expanding? Who has you blinded so bad that you can't realize that there is no door to keep you in? That all you have to do is walk out because you can leave at any time. You can expand at any time. You can grow at any time. You can get momentum at any time. You can flourish at any time. What's holding you here? Where? Why are you here, Elijah? You can go at any time. Or is it the fact that you think that you're the only one, that you're the only one that's going through this, that you're the only one that's experiencing this stagnation? You're not the only one, but there are so many others that God has already anointed who will not give in, who are willing to expand just like you. Just imagine right now with everything that's going on in the world, what if everybody that, that, that was connected to God just decided to announce I'm here, just decided to announce and say, hey, you know what, let's expand. Let's expand our reach. Let's expand our reach to the people that do not know God. What if everybody got the mindset to expand the kingdom at the same time? What would happen? What would be the outcome? Now let's get to the meat of this thing. Let's look at verse number 19. It says, Elijah found Elisha, the son of Saphat. Elisha was plowing behind 12 pair of oxen and he was using the 12th pair. Elijah then took off his mantle and put it on Elisha. So Elisha left the oxen, ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother goodbyes and I will follow you. Go back, Elijah answered. I'm not stopping you. Verse number 21, Elisha left him, took two oxen and butchered them. He boiled the meat using the oxen's yoke for firewood. He gave the meat to the people and he left to follow and assist Elijah. He left and ran after the mantle to follow and assist Elijah. Listen, here's the meat of the thing. This is where we find out how to expand. The very first thing it says in verse number 19 was that Elisha was plowing behind 12 pair of oxen. Oxen are stubborn creatures, but they're very strong. And so he was working with what I like to relate to as an old system, as an old paradigm, as an old mindset, as a religious way of doing things, as a habitual thing. This was something that he did by habit. He was working with these oxen. So they went and they plowed the same way every time. And so what God was showing me is that the first thing that hinders our expansion is that we've been working with the same cycle. We've been working with the same will. We've been working doing the same stubborn thing. We've been trying to do new work, but using an old process and an old paradigm. And so it says that what happened was Elijah came to him and he threw his mantle on him. And, and so can I let you know this? What's going on with you right now is that there's a new mantle that's been put on you. you you've been used to operating in a certain season, in a certain time, a certain way. You've been used to your routine, to your daily routine. I'm so glad that she had us to pause 
and, and to hear what God wanted us to do for the day is because sometimes we get so caught up in the habit that when God tries to break our pattern, we never wait to get the instructions. We never write down the instructions. We just get so used to doing things our way that we begin to edge God out. Edge God out. E G-O. We begin to operate with a spiritual ego where we're edging God out of our day. But today we put God back in our day and he said, now I can use that mantle. Now I can throw something on you that when you get this mantle on you, Elisha, you're going to run and you're going to say, hey, listen, there's some things I need to do before I can activate this thing. There's some things that I need to take care of before I can fully walk in who God has taught me to be. And the very first thing that Elisha did was he took the oxen and he began to kill it. You have to kill the old thing that you've been working with. Kill your old way of doing things. Seek God for the new way. Seek God for his instructions. Seek God for the new move. Seek God and ask him, how am I going to do this? So the very first thing I have to do is I have to be willing to kill what I've been working with. In order for me to expand, I have to kill that stubborn thing that I'm used to. I have to kill that thing that doesn't want to move, that doesn't want to expand. Anything that's connected to me that doesn't want to expand, I have to be willing to kill it. The second thing I have to do, it says that after he began to boil the meat, he, he kissed his mother and father. He kissed them, and then he gave them meat. So the third, first thing I have to do, I have to kill. The second thing I have to do is I have to kiss. I have to kiss goodbye anything that I love that I think is going to hinder me from expanding. I'm pretty sure his family didn't want him to go because they, he was out there working. He was doing his job. He was, he was assisting in the family business. There's some things that God is calling you to kiss goodbye in this season. It can be old paradigm. It can be old people. It can be old habits. It can be old ways of worship. It can be old ways of prayer. What is God requiring you to kiss goodbye in order for you to expand? And the third thing he had to do was he had to run and catch up with Elijah because he had to run after the man. So this is what God is calling us to do right now. You have to run after what's been put on you. If there's a new grace that God has placed on you, begin to study that thing. Dive deep into that thing. If, if God has shifted your prayer language, if God has called you into another place of worship, if now when you worship, you're hearing songs, but you're not a singer, begin to write those songs. Maybe God is anointing you to write the new sound that's coming into the earth. Maybe God is using you to pray new dimensions of revelation into the earth. What is God trying to activate in you so you'll run after that man? If you continue reading, you'll find out that Elisha did double than Elijah did. What is God trying to anoint you to do double in? What is he trying to expand you to do double and greater than your father and your mother did? What is he calling you to do that's greater than what's on your bloodline? 
What is he calling you to let go of that's hindering you from operating in the full magnitude of what you were called to do on the earth? There's a mantle on you. Can I let you know this? A lot, I know the church has taught us that you have to grow into your mantle and you have to, to, to learn how to do things and there is a process to it. Yes, there is a process to it. But can I prophesy this to you? When you were born, you came into the earth with your mantle on you and your mantle was already activated. You just got to grow into it. Your mantle doesn't grow on you. You grow into your mantle. And so some of us on the line today, some of us have been growing into mantles and then we have not even realized that we've already had the power inside of the mantle. You don't have to wait for somebody to say, oh, you're a business owner. Go to God and ask him, God, what is it that you're calling me to birth into the earth? It's time for me to expand. This place is too small here. When you read, I believe it's in First Kings Chapter six, I believe first Kings chapter six. Let me let me go there. I want to be sure. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's see here. Thank you, Father. No, it's second Kings chapter six. I'm sorry. It says uh verse number one. It says the disciples of the prophet said to Elisha. The place that we're in is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan River. Each of us can get some logs and make a place for us to live there. Elijah said, go ahead. Then one of the disciples asked, won't you come with us? Elijah said, I'll go. So they went with him. They came to the Jordan River and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the axe head fell into the water and he cried out, oh, no, master, it was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed Elisha where the place was, Elisha cut a piece of wood, threw it into the water at that place, and made the axe head float. Elijah said, pick it up. The disciple reached in and picked it up. Listen, I just want to let you know this, and, and I know that wasn't my text, but let me give you this revelation real quick. And, and, and so the place, it says that they said that the place that they were in is too small. The place that they were in was too small. Can I prophesy to you and let you know this? The place that you're in is too small, and now it's time for you to expand. Go across. Go to a bigger place and begin to build. Begin to build. I think the only issue with that, with that text that I have is this. He was building with something that was borrowed. In this season, when God expands you, you're not going to be able to build off of somebody else's anointing. You're not going to be able to build off of somebody else's prayer. But God is sending you someone that can look and say, where did it fall? I know you borrowed it, but here, I'm going to begin to restore that thing so you can continue building. I'm not saying throw away what you were taught. I'm not saying throw away what, what you have been imparted into. What I'm saying is use that to expand. There's a grace on you to expand. I'm going to put that on, on my wall today. There's a grace on me to expand. I cannot stay here. The place that I'm in is too small. And so because it's too small, I got to move. It's just like when I moved out of my mother's house. I kissed them goodbye and I moved into my own spot. I begin to design my spot like I wanted to. God is calling you to expansion so he can begin to give you a new identity. So he can begin to place a mark on you. And so remember, I just want to leave you with this, that as you begin to go throughout your day, 
everything I prophesy to you, that everything that you do today is going to be about your expansion. It's going to be about God stretching you. It's going to be about God giving you a new scope of life. It's going to be about God showing you who you really are in the earth. Today is the day that you expand. And failure is not an option. Staying stagnant is not an option. Being in the background is not an option. I prophesy to you that everyone that sees you today will see expansion on your life. Everyone that encounters you today will not only see the expansion, but they will expand experience the expansion on your life. I prophesy today you have no other choice but to expand. Expansion is your portion. Expansion is all around you. Expansion is wrapped up in your mantle. Not only do you expand, but everything around you expands. Everything that you touch expands. Anybody that you encounter has to expand. And if they refuse to expand, to expand, then they will not be able to walk with you in this season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to just welcome everybody else that, that just came in. Does anybody have any questions for me? No question, but just uh, a thank you. This is Nikisha. Thank you. Hey, Nikisha. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I want to say hi to any newcomers that have come. Anybody want to say hello? Good morning. Good morning, brother. This is Krishanda. I really enjoyed your declaration this morning. Um, definitely a rainbow word. Thank you. You were on my. You were in my notes. <laughs> oh wow! Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Um, yeah. Good morning. This is Catherine. I came in a little late, but I, I got a, I got enough to, to, to expansion. I love. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good morning, Apostle. Uh, it's Brother Eric. Good to hear your sound again. Hey. Good morning, man. Good morning, Apostle Pierre. This is Rochelle. Thank you so much for your share. Always encouraging, always lifting us up, and always reminding us that we do have purpose. So thank you. You're welcome, Rochelle. Good morning, Apostle. It's Moni. Just wanted to say hello and thank you for that message today. Hey, Moni. Hey, Moni. There's an expected, um, there's expected. An unexpected surprise that's about to happen to you today. Uh, just hear the Lord saying that there are going to be a couple of angelic visitations where he is really going to allow you to see some things in the spirit. And the Father says, get ready, because this is going to be your portion for the next season where he's truly going to begin to dive you deeper into that sea around. Praise God. I received that. Morning. Morning, Apostle. Listen, uh, Jubilant Juliet. Hey, Juliet. How are you? Fine. Good morning, Good morning Jesus. Jesus. Okay, wait. I heard two voices. 
Good morning. It's Sister Didi. Bless you, Apostle. I appreciate your word. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Just for to finish it. Thank you so much for your message. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, your sound. Good morning. This is Pam. I, I really appreciate your message. God bless you. Thank you. Bless you. You're welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Apostle. Good morning. I heard two voices, or if that was an echo. It was two voices. This is Gloria. Okay. I, I'm I'm working. Thank you for whoever that was for letting me go ahead and go ahead and go. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was in the middle of working when I realized, oh, it's time for the call, and got on, and a freight train was just driving through the uh, declare victory. <laughs> Line. And I just bless God for that word reminding us that 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 we are in process and God already has fit us and given us what we need. So I appreciate you. God bless you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Hey, Prophet. It's great morning. Great morning. Yes, enjoyed you definitely. Um. Two, two things. Uh, first one is, um, I just want to, I want to back up a little bit. Trina, something happened, I hear it. Something's shifting. I'm excited. You sound like a whole nother person. Yay. That's dope. <laughs> it's so and peaceful. And I don't know, I can't really explain it. It was a whole bunch. Um, anyway, I, I absolutely enjoyed you. I would love it if, um, could, because there are, are so many different levels on the call, some people have no idea what mantles are. And you expound just a little bit after we finish our good morning. I just wanted to, to shoot that in and then I'm going to shut up again. Yes, no problem. Anyone hey, good morning, Apostle. Good morning, yeah. Apostle. This is Tanya and I, Tanya enjoyed your share um i wanted to add something to what you said just before dion came on and that is that so often um one of my textbooks let me let me, let me slow down one of my textbooks um i've been studying about leadership and one of the things a great way to fail a sure way for you to fail is for a leader is for them to announce change and never do anything else and i think that sometimes or not sometimes i think that we need to be aware of the part that we have to play in reference to our mantles or reference to whatever we're believing God. It's not like you rub a, you know, a jar at like a genie and then God goes poof and then, you know, or does an abracadabra and then there's the stuff. There's some faith without works is dead. And so um, I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you. Great work. Mama. Yes. No, I definitely agree. Thank you so much for adding that. Good morning, Apostle. It's Dondria. Good morning, Declare Victory. Um, your title, Kiss It, Kill It, and one more K, please. No, it's Kiss It, Kill It, and Follow, or Kiss, Kill, and Run. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. And so for those of you that uh, were a little bit late coming on, I was saying that in order for you to expand in this season, you have to be willing to kiss what you love goodbye, I mean, kill what you've been working with, kiss what you love goodbye, 
and run after the mantle or the anointing that's been placed on you. Anybody else? Uh, Apostle, you were saying that our mantle is already in us and that we have to grow into it. So could you go a little deeper to that? Sure. And so uh, in answering uh, Dion's uh, statement as well of me describing what a mantle is. And so a mantle in the natural is uh, it's like a coke a cloak or undergarment for covering of the body. So it's like a coat. But then in the spirit, it's, it's really like your anointing. It's, it's your, um, what your grace to do in the earth. It's what, uh, like, for instance, my mantle is prophetic. I'm, I'm a prophet by nature. I'm a psalmist by nature. And, and so that's what you've been called into the earth to do. That's your anointing. And so what happens with our mantles, we, we, it's not something that we really learn how to do. It's something that's already in us. It's the power that's already working in us. And so when I say that we have to grow into our mantles and that we, we are born with our mantles on us, according to Jeremiah 1 and 5, for example, God told Jeremiah, he said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet into the nation. He came into the earth already a prophet. He just had to learn how to be one. Oh, okay. And so what happens is when, we, when we're born, what we're called to be is already on our life. What we're anointed to do is already on our life. That's why some kids, uh, when, when you see them come in, that they're already, uh, they already know how to sing. They just have to perfect their singing gift. And so that's what, what generally happens. And so when we begin to grow in our mantles, the more we spend time in the presence of God, that thing is perfected. It, it, it's beginning to, to show. And so I can remember being younger and I used to, na, 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 na. but by the time I got 15, I was singing full sentences. I, I was singing in key. And, and I did have to take some vocal lessons and some things, but I had to perfect what was already there. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? Any more questions for me? Good morning. This is Prosperous Pam. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Hi, I heard you last week and then um, this morning was kind of rough. So I'm just really trying to just uh, still get on the prayer call. <laughs> Um, it's just been one of those mornings. But um, if you don't mind, I just want to ask you a question. Um, you had said something last week or the last time you were on the call, and it was just, it spoke exactly what was going on with me. You had said that, um, you said something about healing, being in my hands, and then you said my sleep would be disrupted. And I'm wondering, what do I do? My sleep has been disrupted, like really disrupted. And but I didn't know what to do. I like I, I understand that I'm supposed to pray, but I'll be up in the middle of like late, like two, three in the morning. I'm just not sleeping, and I'm not really having it. I don't know what to pray on. Can you tell me okay. a little bit about that? Sure. So usually when God interrupts our sleep, what what He tends to do once again that's a, that can be an indication of Him awakening another part 
of our mantle or showing us another part of our anointing or what we're called to do. And so usually what happens with me, I'm usually up around that time as well. So what I begin to do is I'll begin to pray and it can just be a general prayer. And, you know, Father, I thank you that your presence is here. I thank you, God, that even in this hour that you have me woke, I'm, I'm speaking and I'm asking, what is it that you would have me to pray for? And I just begin to start praying for things that I know are going on. So I'll pray for people that are affected with COVID-19. I'll pray for the school system. I'll pray for uh, family members. And then whatever, like say, for instance, I start praying for healing for the people with COVID-19 and that, and I can't let that thing go. That means that that's the area that God wants me to pray in. Or sometimes it may just be God simply wants you to just sit, be quiet and listen to worship music because sometimes he speaks loudest through his silence. And so if you don't hear him say anything, usually what I would do is I would just turn on worship music and I would just sit there. And it's, it's maybe sometimes God is just calling us to himself. He's saying, hey, listen, I just want you to spend some time with me. Mm-hmm. And so those are, those are different strategies that I took. And one of the things that uh, someone said to me recently, I wasn't able to, uh, I got up and I wasn't really able to hear as clear as I normally would. And so I said, man, I said, God has been calling me, but he hasn't really been saying anything to me in depth about things. I said, I really can't hear. I said, and I've been trying to like just shake it off and go to sleep, but I can't. And my friend said, man, well, maybe you need to invest more time. He said, you know, you normally try to spend an hour in prayer in the morning. He said, so maybe God is telling you to spend more time in prayer. And I said, okay. And he, this is what he said. And it was so powerful. He said, because I realized that people will not invest in what they don't plan on keeping. And so what that said to me was that God is trying to keep me in a place where I can hear him. So he's making me invest more time in prayer. He's making me invest longer time in worship. Okay. I hope that helps. Thank, thank you. It does help. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else? Hi, this is Kenya. What you just said was that just hit dead on. What you will not say that again, what you won't invest in, you don't plan on keeping? People will not invest in what they don't plan on keeping. Amen. All right. Anyone else? Apostle, this is Krishanda again. Um, may I just share something um, quickly that came to me that I read last night when um, you were speaking? Um, it's sure. from um, Brother Philip Watkins' book, Devotional for Growing in Love. And it says, whose opinion matters most to me? Whose opinion bothers my mind more? God's or people's? Whichever one matters the most is an idol of my mind, and my mind will reap the fruits of it. Let my first and only idol be God. It's up to me to make a choice to believe that he is who he says he is, even in my deepest thoughts. Loving God with all my mind means opening up my entire thought life to him in such a way that I allow my comprehension that I'm sensitive to 
what I'm compassionate about, and even what I tolerate to be influenced by him. Today, I will pray for God to increase his love in these areas of my mind. Wow. Wow. um, What you just read really just took me back to a moment. um, And I think we're all in the same place. God is really expanding all of us. But one of the things that the Lord said to me like a week ago, um, I woke up. And I was I was feeling a little down. I was feeling a little down, and you know how they say, you know, well, just you know, pray and tell God about it, this and that. At this point, I really didn't want to talk about it anymore. And and the Lord told me, He said, "Son, come here." And and I came and I sat in my bed, and He said, "Turn on this song." And I turned on this song called "Let Me Touch You" by Kurt Franklin. And as I turned on "Let Me Touch You," I literally felt the arms of God wrap around me. He said, I want to love on you without the details. He said, I just want to pour my love on you, but I don't need mm-hmm. to know the details and I don't need to know the information. And so sometimes when God is pulling us into new places of prayer or he's pulling us into new places of worship, or even if we're just a Christian starting out with him, because I know that that's one of the uh, things that people who are new to their walk, new in their walk with God, they they say, you know, hey, I I just need to get myself together first. Listen, God doesn't want you to wait to get yourself together. He wants to love on you without the details. He doesn't need to know where it hurt, how it hurt, or why it hurts. The very first introduction to God is his love. And he just wants to pour his love on you because when you love somebody and you fall in love with somebody, you want to share everything with them. For the beginning, he just wants to woo you. That's how he expands you when you begin to walk with him first. He expands your heart for him. Don't know who that was for, but any other questions? Hey, Apostle, this is Tanya again. Mm -hmm. So I I hope I can make sense of this. So as a woman, when you talk about um, me sitting down and taking some time and allowing God to love on me, right? Because I, as a woman, I understand what it is to be loved. I understand what it is to be loved by a father. I also understand what it is to be loved by a husband. Um, but, but we refer to God. Obviously, God is masculine. So for for men who, who aren't there yet as far as worship, they're, they're kind of, it's a little stuck. They're a little stuck. If I, if that's, that's not the best word, but they're a little stuck with the whole, the, the masculine thing and trying to release themselves to, it's not, a, it's not so much about, but it's, it's, yeah, I don't even know if I'm making sense, but do you kind of understand where I'm going? Like, how do you uh, help a brother who might be struggling with that part, the masculine part of it? It has nothing to do, so, because there are varying love, levels of love. There are varying, there are various, there are different types of love. So how would yep. you explain to that? Thank you. Thank you. I, um, so the first thing that we have to look at, and, and I hope this not getting too deep, the first thing that we have to look at is I have to look at God as my father. And fathers have a way that they love their sons and they have a way that they love their daughters. And so a true man that can stand before God, you know, that can kneel before God, can stand before anything. And so what what I encourage men to do 
is you talk to God just like you would talk to your friends. If you're if you playing baseball, hey, what's up, man? Hey, Dad. Hey, buddy. And God understands that because God is going to meet you right where you are. One of the most powerful things that if there are any men on the line that are dealing with this, I want to encourage you, especially this is for anybody, but especially the men. Um, I went through um, physical abuse and I went through some stuff with women that damaged me. And even with some father issues that I had when I was growing up and I watched the shack the movie The Shack. And if anybody's seen The Shack, it's a it's an amazing movie. So if you haven't seen it, please watch it. But there was a point where he met God and when he met her, she was a woman in the kitchen and they were kneading dough. And he said, but I thought you were a man because he used to see his father beat his mother all the time. And he said, I thought you were a man. And here's what she said to him. She said, I knew for what you were dealing with right now. You couldn't handle a father. You needed a mother. And then there came a point in the movie to where he woke up and he saw an Indian man in front of him. And he said, Papa, meaning God. And he said, are you playing tricks with me? And the Indian man replied back to him, for what you have to do today, you need a father and not a mother. And so to the man, I would say this, God will be whatever you need. He doesn't have to be masculine. He doesn't have to be feminine. He's just love. And so what he does is he tears down the the box that keeps him confined to a gender. And he says, I just am. I'm God. I'm whatever you need me to be. So he, he can be masculine. He can be feminine, but he can also be friend. He can be provider. He can be comforter. He can be way maker. He can be shield. He can be safe place. And so for those that have that complex of, well, you know, I'm a man. Because as men, we're taught, don't show emotion. I just tell men, talk to God like you'll talk to your friend. That's how God breaks down the barriers with men. He deals with them right where they are. Anyone else? Good morning, Apostle. This is Jubilant Juliet. Um, good morning. Good morning. How do you deal with, I feel like I've been in a dry place for a long time. How do you deal with that? I mean, it's like talking to the guy, I'm showing up for him. I feel like when I'm showing up, I'm, you know, praying and reading, and I just don't hear from him. And I feel just, you know, just kind of like, dry and I don't know how to get out of it. Well, um, a couple of things. The first thing is um, are you following the same routine that you normally will follow? Yes. That's the issue. You become accustomed to God answering a certain way. Yeah. You become accustomed to God doing things a certain way. And so what God is saying is, hey, you graduated. He's saying now, you know how I said that God told me you got to dig deeper? That's the thing, dig deeper. And so what happens is this is how God takes us on a journey to get to know a person. Um, If I can do it this way, this is how I explain it to you. Think of of a date. 
So if, if a man was trying to get to know you, and every time you saw him, he asked you the same question and he said, hey, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? This is every time. The conversation never went anywhere else. You would get irritated and you would get tired. Or if, if every day you came over to my house, I gave you hot dogs. And I'm not saying this is what you do, but you will get tired. And so what happens is it shocks you when they come a different way. And so what God does sometimes is he remains silent because he's like, you already know those parts of me. So ask me something else that you don't know about me. Start asking God the hard questions. Start asking God the hard questions. I, what I'm sensing or what I'm feeling is that the Lord is, uh, <laughs> the Lord is teaching you how to search him out. And you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. And so you you can't really sense him or feel him. It's because you're used to him answering a certain way. But if you go back, I want you to literally go back to where you stopped uh, sensing him or feeling him the way you used to. And then look at some of the questions you ask, and you will see that he's already answered. It just wasn't the way you expected it. And that's what I had to learn about me. And I'm I'm learning that right now right this very moment i'll ask god a question and i'm like god but you didn't say nothing and when i go back i'm like oh you did it just wasn't the way i expected it so you hear him he's gonna sound just like you but he's just probably answering a different way Thank you for that. I, you know, when you were speaking, I just felt it's like this joy came up in me. Yeah, you, you know, he's just answering a different way. Okay, all right. Good morning, Good morning. Thank you. Oh my God, I'm trying to keep it together. I have three children, um, 31, 29, 25. My son is the oldest. So when you were talking about God being um, whatever you need, and even that analogy of speaking to him, you know, as a father, how do I say? My, okay, so my son does music and he's from the Bay Area. And so, you know, he's in that world that, you know, if you're not doing drug rap and cussing and all that stuff, you're not getting played as much. And so for him to go away to college in Oregon to come back when he was away at school, um, he had fallen, I won't say he lost his way, but you know, when you go to college, you have all these different kind of religion, religious classes and they're trying to get you against God and all that. But for him to really see, and when you said that, I remember him coming in and he's telling me, mom, he said, God is really speaking to me and he's waking me up and he's, um, you know, he's letting me know that it's okay because being the oldest boy and trying to be the man of the house when his dad divorced, you know, telling him you got to be a man and man up and boys don't cry and all that stuff. He was told that from an early age. So when you said that, I could just really get what's going on with him now. It's like God showed me a big picture. Um, and even in one of his songs, he said how God showed up in the mirror and he showed him himself. So he's really speaking to him. And it's amazing to me. We could be at one of his shows in San Francisco or Oakland or Berkeley, 
and to see a whole room full of mixed, you know, diversities. And, you know, they starting off, they got their drink and they doing whatever and they're singing rap music. And then for my son to get on stage and then he's taking them in, right? And then look around the room and see all these different young people and their hands are lifted and they're just praising God. It's amazing to me. But when you said that it touched me because he is set apart. And so I'm going to let him hear this playback so he knows that it's okay to be, um, you know, to really know that God is your father. No matter what, if your daddy was there or wasn't there, you were raised to be the man of the house with two little sisters, you know, and now that you're older and you're into your own relationships, that you know that he's Abba and he's daddy and your brother. You know, just like you said, it it was perfect. So I want to also... What's his name? His name is Armani. His name is Armani? All right. Armani, here's the word of the Lord to you. Armani, I hear the spirit of the Lord saying that you're even one that I will use in the areas of arts and entertainment. And the father said, think it not strange that even the experiences that you have experienced, he said, I'm wrapped up in everything concerning your life. I'm wrapped up in your friendships, even those that, that are not saved, even those that are that are not even close to me. The father says that I'm using you not only as my pipe piper, but the father says I'm using you as my secret service agent to even for my kingdom. I'm sending you to infiltrate the mountain of arts and entertainment and you shall be my light in the dark places. For the father says, don't think that you will be overtaken by by the lust and by the Delilahs and by the drugs and by the things that are around you, even in the area. But the father says that I'm going to use you in my light in the dark places. The Father said, because you're one that are not afraid of the dark. I'm even looking at you, even as a younger child, I'm thinking I'm seeing the age of 10 to 12, where you always have to be the defender, where you stood up for those that were being bullied, or you stood up for the things that were injustice. And the Father said that I place a judging grace on you, and I place a grace on you where you will be the defender of my light, because, son, you are not afraid to go into dark places. But the Lord says, get ready, because I'm truly pulling on the prophetic grace that's on you, and doors that others have tried to keep you out and will try to keep you out of in the entertainment industry. The Father says, I cut that door open for you. The Father says, I send you as my mighty wind, says the Lord. And the Lord says that you shall be, wow, thank you, Father. And, and I know this is a woman, but the Lord said that you shall be like his Harriet Tubman, even for the kingdom of God. The Father says you will lead many out of bondage. You will lead many out of slavery. You will lead many out of entanglements. And the Lord says, truly, you shall be one that shall convert the atheists and the Muslims over to me, says the Lord. And you will do it not only by your music, but by your life and by your walk. So the Father says, get ready, son, because I'm going to bless the work of your hands. The Father says, truly, there is a studio that will have your name on it. The Father says that I'm even going to even some people that will have even the equipment. But the Lord says that I'm calling you to even pay close attention to the dreams that you dream for truly that prophetic grace that was on you, that I told your mother that was in you. The Father says that I'm about to bring that to full manifestation says the Lord. And so, Father, I lift up Armani to you. I speak, decree, and declare his name in the atmosphere, that people are seeking to bless him, that people are seeking to fund the vision that you have given for his life. Father, I prophesy that anything that is negative that comes near his dwelling, you will condemn and you will burn with fire. I place hedges of protection and the blood around him, around his gift. I speak, decree, and declare, God, that everything he touches will work. As you set him in place, Father, begin to elevate him, that those in high places will see him, will know him, and will serve him. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hey, real so, quick sidebar. So, go ahead. Real quick sidebar. Hey, Pierre. Yes. You're you're gonna want to talk to Armand. You are. Okay. Yeah. You are. Okay. You can um you can give his mom my my number or she can inbox me and absolutely connect that. That's fine. Whoa. That was dope. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, God. Yes. Oh my God. You Thank you, You are gonna want to talk to him. <laughs> I saw that. That was cute. All right. That was dope. Hey, so this is Tan. Um, I didn't see it. I felt it. As soon as you opened your mama was said I might. As soon as you opened your mouth about our money. So for those that are on the line, yeah, because we got people from different backgrounds and what have you. This is unfamiliar. It might be unfamiliar for you. I, I want you to, this is not a gimmick or unfamiliar to you. This is not a gimmick. We didn't get together and, you know, oh. Didi didn't text him. I'm not, please mute your line. Excuse me. Please mute your line. Please. Oh, somebody fell asleep under the power of the Holy Ghost, I think. Anyway, um, this is not a gimmick. That word came straight from heaven. So, um, the only way I can describe it is, is that, so the Bible says, try the spirit by the spirit, right? And so when someone starts to give you a word, um, for me, let me, what happens, I feel there's like an igniting, like Juliet said, yeah. like she felt whatever term she used, I don't know, but she, so her spirit was be, able to bear witness with apostle spirit, right? So, so that's what happened to me. It's not, this is not pretend. So what you can do for the people that might be doubting, you're not sure you watch what happened to our minds. Okay, I'm meeting. This is Elsie. I felt that in my spirit. I just felt my whole body vibrating from your words. It's just been amazing. Everything that I've been listening to you today has hit me in my spirit. And I feel like I need to work on um, my prophecy. I haven't done it in so long that I've lost it and I want to gain it back because I used to be able to tell my mom and family members and everything that when people were passing and I was going in a heavenly way, which was amazing. And I heard him several times talking to me and I mistakenly thought it was my stepfather who I've always wanted um affirmation from you know praise from that i've done a good job but god himself told me that he's proud of me proud of the decisions i've made and the steps i'm taking and i thank god that i have found this prayer call three years ago because i wouldn't have been able to be where i am now and hear you today and feel your praise and everything in in my it's just been amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And don't say that you lost it. You never lost it. It didn't go anywhere. You just hit it. You just, un you just now you're starting to uncover it. And even for those that are on the line that this may be a new experience. And as she did say, this is not a gimmick. What happens with prophets 
and just so you understand how we're able to articulate what the Lord is saying. What happens with prophets, it's just like um, standing on top of a mountain. And you, you ever seen that where they say, and you hear the echo. What happens for us is we will hear God say something, and it is our job to be sure that the people on the earth hear what God says. And so we're God's mouthpiece. And so what God whispers in our ear or in our heart, we begin just to say. And so sometimes it's things that the people may know. Sometimes it's things that they may not know or that's happening now. It may be some things that are happening in the future. But God does that just to show us that he cares so much for us that he desires to let you know that he's there in your life through everything. Anyone else? Have any questions, comments? Hi, this is Prosper Sam again. I just wanted to share with um, Jubilant Juliet is that um, you know I've been in a similar situation, feeling dry, like feeling like I'm in a dry place. And um, Pastor Dion, you don't have to say anything out loud, but I just thank you so much for like I had talked to her a few um, weeks ago when she was reminding me about showing up and. Um, so I guess this is the two-part thing. First thing I want to say to Jubal and Juliet is that um, I just believe God is so amazing. Like sometimes we feel like we're in a place where he's not doing anything and you just can bless so many people. Like whenever I hear your voice, ever since I've been on this call for the past four years, whenever I hear your voice, I have this, um, like my heart gets happy. I don't know what that is, but it's like, it was before the first time I even heard your voice. And then I heard you every time I would hear you on here, it was like, okay, everything's going to be okay. If that makes any sense. But I just believe sometimes we just, our feelings, we just feel a certain way, but we don't know that we're blessed. We're still blessing people. So I just wanted you to know that you are still a blessing. That's why sometimes I'll reach out to you every now and again, because um, God, puts, I know he puts you on my heart for a reason. Um, and the second part, I can't remember what I was going to say. So that's all. Have a blessed day, everybody. Hey, it's Krishonda. I want to say the same thing about Juliet's voice. I hear the same thing when I hear her voice. God bless. God bless. I will say the same thing as well. This is Sister Denise. When I do hear your voice, uh, I don't know you, Jubilant um, Juliet, but I do get jubilant. And I just looked up the definition of jubilant, and it's showing great joy satisfaction or triumph, rejoicing, exultant. Thank you. This is Nurse Nikisha. I concur with Jubilant Juliet's voice. Very calming and very um, nurturing. Hey, this is Tanya. I don't know why I'm talking so much today. I try to be quiet, but Juju, um, Jubilant Juju. I don't hear what they hear. But what I hear is something that is authentic. I even love the raspiness to your voice. You may not like it, but that, that is such, to me, that's such a unique quality. I'm drawn to that uh, when, when, when you speak. Um, so uh, there's something to your voice for sure. Um, don't dismiss the way that you sound. Don't, don't dismiss it. I like him sound too, but I might be a little bit biased by a speaking girl. 
Of course you are, Eric. <laughs> Anybody else? And I pray she's on the line still when she hears this. That's all. I hear you. I was going to say, she ain't went nowhere. She's sitting right there crying. Amen. This is Karina. I just want to thank uh, Tanya for speaking up uh, by asking a question about the, uh, for the boys, for the men. My two boys, my two boys, one of them um, had a, uh, I don't know, you know, music. help me, Lord. You got it. My two boys, it's okay. My two boys, one of them, the, first, the oldest one, had a little relationship with, the, with his father came when he, as he was born. The second one had never had a relationship with his father. Um, the father disowned him, saying it wasn't his. So, in my relationship with my dad, he was with me uh, for a while, and then, but um, God became my father. So, my thing is uh, for my boys to have the relationship with God as, as a father, and I have told them uh, many times about that. Um, and they out there, they out there in the streets in their cars. And I guess I'm be, I'm being the mother, um, uh, like a rescuer. And the hey, Dion, am I, where they can have... Dion, am I okay? I'm good? You fine? Yeah, you Okay. All right. I just want to take a moment uh, for even those of you that are on the line. I just feel the need to uh, pray for those of you that have father wounds and that, that have uh, breaches in your heart and breaches in your spirit concerning broken relationships or no relationships or even losing the father. Um, I just feel the need to pray a prayer of deliverance from those things because sometimes what happens is we have uh, these father wounds and the father wounds uh, get attached and and I'm trying not to, I'm trying to keep it so simple. What happens is um, we'll have father wounds from when we're six years old. And here it is now, I can be a 37-year-old man, but the six-year-old boy is not healed. And so it begins to hinder me from expanding into the man that God has called me to be. And so uh, even with the, with the women, there are some things that happen where uh, the father's not there. And so the enemy will use the father wound as a gateway to get you in relationships with men who don't know how to love you. And so uh, because the father wound is there, they, they begin to play on that, that emotion. That's how spirits of control and everything come in. So I just want to really just pray for you guys real quick. Hold on two seconds here. Um, okay. Trarina, were you finished with what you were saying? Oh, yes, I finished. I'm done. Okay. I was just making sure. Okay. Okay, Apostle, I'm fine. Oh, no worries. And so I just want, I just feel the need to really pray for that. I really feel that God wants to send healing 
in that area today. So Father, I thank you even for those that are on the line now, Father, that, that are even being delivered from father wounds. I speak even now, God, that we release the love of the Father upon them. We release your perfect love, Father, for you because you are the ultimate Father. You are our Abba. You are our Father. And so, Father, because of that, we come to you and we say, Abba, you are the one that we love. And we ask that you pour out your love on all of those father wounds and those father hurts. Father, we come against spirits of abandonment and spirits of rejection that may have come through our fathers. God, in Jesus' name, I repent on behalf of the fathers that have abandoned their children and have abandoned their post. And Father, we release your perfect love and we receive your perfect love. We fill those breaches of the heart and those breaches of our spirits. And we say, God, send your healing and your perfect love. Massage our hearts, massage those areas. And Father, I even speak over the two young men that were just talked about. Father, I loose the love of the Father on them. I come against spirits, God, that will try to have them to operate in that same mode and in that same way. Father, I even speak that that cycle is broken off of the man. Father, I thank you that you are beginning, God, to raise up true fathers and you're raising up true mentors and you're raising up, Father, even the man that will stand in the gap, Father, your word declares that with your mother and father forsake us, that you will take us up. And so, Father, I speak that you will take us up and you will heal those places and you will bring true deliverance to those areas. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyone else have any questions or comments? Hi, this is Kenya. Um, I always like to think that I don't have like father issues because my dad has been around. But immediately when you started praying, I started tearing up and just feeling the sadness and I can't even explain. So I guess that's just something that God is gonna work on with me. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily that you have uh, father issues, but sometimes what happens is when we're intercessors or when we're prophetic or when we're prayer warriors and, and something is mentioned or, or we sense something, we have what's called the burden of the Lord. And so that's what you're sensing now, the burden of the Lord, because as uh, I want to get her name right, Chanisha, as she began to speak um, the Lord gave me a burden to pray for those with father wounds. And so by you feeling that same thing, God gives intercessors empathy. And so you're just feeling the burden of the Lord for it. Okay. Yeah, so that's just probably one of the areas that God will uh, probably assign you to pray for. He wants you to continue in prayer for, and that's the healing of father wounds. Amen. I hear you. Oh. Anyone else? <clears throat> Hi, good morning. Um, this is Arlita Renee. Excuse <clears throat> me. Uh, I just want to say um great declaration. And um as we were praying and as I'm listening to uh the message and listening to everyone, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, I don't have father issues. I'm I'm over that. You know, I, that's what myself is trying to tell me, you know. And God is saying, you do. <laughs> you do. And um, I just want to thank you, truly, um, for for 
letting God use you to to share this message and to share that. And you know, um, I'm really realizing <clears throat> in, in in this season in my life that I have to totally um, submit and and stop blinding myself. And 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 that's what I've been doing. And realizing the issues at hand and releasing them and, and owning up to them. And this this message today was, wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God, for using you. And thank you so much for being used. Thank you for sharing this message, something that I needed to hear. And I have to realize that I have those issues, I do, and trying to hold them back and push them back because I'm a hider and I'm going to admit it and I'm a good hider and no more hiding for me. Yeah. I have to work on those things and I have to work on, yeah, I got daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. When you think that you don't and you realize that you do. And, you know, God made it really clear, like right now you do. Stop hiding. You do. Wow. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. I'm sorry. This is Kenya one more time. Holy Spirit just told me I was crying for my daughter and her father and their issues. So thank you so much for saying that because I don't think I would have realized what that was. Wow. Arlinda Renee, this is Prosper's yeah, hand. I just, I just wanted to say thank you so much for sharing because um, I, I have, it's given, God given it to me to pray. I know how to pray. So I know how to pray for you because um, I pray for the body. So I love you. Thank you for sharing. I love you too. Thank you. Love you so much. Thank you. Hey, Apostle of Notion Keisha again. Uh, when you were praying the prayer, I thought that I had resolved my issues or worked through my issues about my stepdad, but apparently um, I still have some work to do. So, so thank you for that and uh, to continue to intercede on behalf of my children and their father wounds. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome.
hiding that in the aspect of, well, okay, I'm a man now, so I don't, as all grown, that's all water under, under the bridge. I don't have to deal with that no more. But there, there are chapters when things come up whenever I have um, father-child uh, situations come up at school or 